Welcome to Psychic Social, brought to you by psychic.co.uk. On this episode of Psychic Social. This Reiki vibrating at this level or this note of music vibrating at this level will actually create a resonance within you that will allow you to open to a higher level of being. Welcome to Psychic Social with me, Oliver Duke, the podcast that explores all things from the psychic and spiritual perspectives, including interviews with famous psychic practitioners, discussions about the afterlife, the paranormal, and much more. So relax and enjoy the show. Today's guest is a psychic medium and a Reiki master. She's been providing Reiki services to students, staff and faculty at Berkeley College and Emerson College in Boston, Massachusetts since 2016. She's also an initiated priestess of Yemaya, the African goddess of the ocean. She's a jazz pianist and a professor at the Berkeley College of Music. And she's also written a number of books, which is another one of her many talents. So it's a pleasure to welcome to Psychic Social our first guest from America, Carolyn Wilkins. Hi, Carolyn, and welcome to Psychic Social. How are you today? I am very fine, Oliver. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today. It's great to hear that, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on Psychic Social today. You are our first guest uh, from overseas, so it's a, it's a wow. pleasure and a privilege to have you on from the United States of America. Thank you very ah, much for joining ah. us. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. I feel very honored. Thank you. I'm hoping I represent well. You will, I'm sure. It's a landmark day for Psychic yeah. Social. Um, <laughs> so tell us, um, Carolyn, what have you been up to uh, within these sort of current, very difficult uh, times that we're going through at the moment? Well, of course, like everyone else, I'm home all day, every day, uh, but I've been trying to use the time and actually my approach to this whole COVID situation has been to use this time to really focus on going a little bit deeper within myself. There are so many exterior uh, activities that have been canceled. And so instead, I'm spending a lot of time home meditating, walking, connecting with nature around me just in my yard or whatever, and spending a lot of time reflecting on sort of finding a deeper connection uh, with my spirit. That sounds wonderful. And um, these are all things that kind of people might be able to do to to currently try and sort of raise their, their positive vibrations if they're feeling sort of down about this situation at the moment. Absolutely. And I will say uh, I do feel that we as a human race are being challenged to choose how we choose to focus our attention Will we give our attention to the fear and the craziness that is presented to us in the news and so forth? Or can we use this time, obviously being sensible and using reasonable precautions, but staying in and instead turning away from fear to focus on self-growth and just quality time both with ourselves and with our families mm, exactly and it's also a chance to try and sort of you know now that the sort of the initial 
um, time has passed since you know it, this all started to happen that people can sort of sort of reflect and kind of um, you know like you say move away from the fear and look inside themselves and try to you know find that calm within the storm within themselves and and appreciate and be grateful for what they do have um, no matter how you know big or small it may be be appreciative of your family and, and what you you have and the things that you have um, and, uh, and 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 definitely take a different perspective on life in general i think i do i i feel that this time has been given to us for that reason i normally i don't know about you but normally i'm running around uh from one thing to the next go here go there go teach go out come in do this do that and uh very little time to really spend with friends or with family or whatever and now even though of course i can't see them in person i will say that i have connected more with friends uh in recent days because everyone is home Mm -hmm. i've had people contact me out of the blue that i literally have not spoken to in you know decades and uh they are reaching out to um say hello or just checking in i think another thing about this whole situation with death being so present now uh, around us um there's also a feeling along with the presence of death a feeling of greater appreciation for the sweetness of life and for the simple things of life. Love, friends, family, connection, uh, those kinds of things that sometimes get lost when Mm. we are busier. Mm. And it really takes it back to basics, doesn't it? Because, you know, so many people are consumed by sort of material things on, on a daily basis. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say I am to a certain extent, you know, uh, like that, um, as I'm sure a lot of people are. But it really does bring you back to basics, isn't it? Like you say, with your, your friends, your family, your love, you know, your important connections and, and, and those, all th- those things just, you know, the material stuff just seems to sort of dissipate, uh, doesn't it? It does. And the truth is, it's literally... Uh, dissipating around us I nothing is known for sure what the outcome what the economy any of all of those things are in doubt and there isn't a whole lot at least right in this moment that any of us can really do about those things because Mm. there's so much up in the air Mm. so it seems to me very important to focus on our true sense of supply which is in fact our connection to the one the god that created the universe whether you want to call it spirit whether you want to call it your higher self your soul our connection to that energy that runs the universe is the only thing that is certain uh to us right now Mm, so mm. I feel like the best thing and the wisest thing for anyone to do is just to kind of focus on that and to understand that um, as crazy as things may look out there, uh, the earth is still turning, the flowers are still blooming, the sky is still blue, and 
we're still, God willing, those of us who are healthy, are we're still healthy, we're still here. Mm-hmm. Um, so to focus on the joy and the love that is available in the moment. Exactly. In the moment. Exactly. It's yes. just about that moment, isn't it? Experiencing the moment and bringing yourself back into the moment. Well, in that moment, we're now going to sort of progress on with the show now, Carolyn. Um, so our first question to you was, we wanted you to, to go back to the beginning in terms of you as being a psychic and your mediumship. I mean, how did you become a psychic? How did it come to you? Um, can you tell the listeners about that, please? Well, yes, it's very interesting. I, When I was about four years old, I had a number of very intense psychic experiences. I saw things in my room. I saw energy. I saw little dots of light floating around. And um, it was extremely intense and actually quite terrifying uh, because I, I didn't know what it was. I felt really scared actually by it. And um, eventually my parents actually took me to a child psychiatrist uh, who convinced me that all these things were just, quote, my imagination, uh, which um, they weren't. But uh, her telling me that and me believing that for many years actually did enable me to calm down and function in the world because I was kind of non-functional. And even to this day, I have a very early memory, even earlier than that, of being in my crib as a baby and feeling the presence of two angels, one on either side of me. Uh, And this uh, precious memory that I've carried with me uh, throughout my life. But after uh, that sort of initial explosion as a child, I was always considered sort of just sensitive and, you know, well, she's sensitive like many of us. Um, But I never really thought of myself as being really psychic until much later in life. My training has been as a musician, which, as you know, does require... um, especially in my field, which is jazz, uh, requires a deep connection to our intuitive abilities and uh, allowing energy to flow through us and manifest, in this case, as music. Um, I've always had that. Uh, So when later in life, and I mean much later, well into middle age, I really felt a call to explore my psychic Uh, gifts more and actually call them being psychic, um, it was easy to make the transition from music to um, psychic. And actually now I use them uh, both together quite often. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. I mean, uh, tell tell the listeners a bit more about your, your mediumship and your and your Reiki and how they work together and and how that intertwines with your music, which you've just mentioned. Uh, Yes. So one of the first modalities that really awakened me to the fact that um, I had the ability to heal and to see energy and all this kind of thing was that I received a Reiki initiation, the Reiki attunement. And when I did, I immediately began hearing messages and seeing things as well as feeling the energy move through my 
hands. And those of you out there in the audience who do Reiki, uh, you understand there's a wonderful feeling in the hands. And then the deeper you explore, as I went on to get my Reiki master's training, I learned that I can send it as a, at a distance across space and time. I can send uh, to people. I can also then awaken the Reiki energy in others. And so now in my current practice, I offer Reiki um, to people. And at the same time, I'm also tuning into their energy field because I am psychic and the Reiki energy allows me to uh, connect with their energy field in a very deep way. And then from that place, when I'm finished offering the Reiki, I'm also able to offer them uh, insights from my guides, from their guides, sometimes from their ancestors in, uh, in the spirit world, further insights that speak to their current situation, what may be going on with them that may have caused them to uh, ask for uh, a Reiki treatment in the first place. Okay, and, and how does the music uh, fit in into that? So also now I've also been doing an additional thing, which is that psychically I'm perceiving the energy field of the person and then using my musical training, creating a piece of music. And I'm calling these musical orographs. And these are little pieces of music that are designed to reflect the energy of the person for whom I'm reading and bring a healing through the energies of the music. Right, okay. And you, you mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago about sending the Reiki healing across space and time. Um, are you able to kind of um, delve a bit deeper and tell us how that actually works or is it kind of unexplainable to, to, to people listening? How, how does it work? Can you, can you tell people a bit, a bit more about that and, and with the music as well? Yes. Um, I would say uh, that uh, it, it seems kind of almost like magic, if you will. But the truth is, we live in a vibratory universe. This has actually been proven by science, by physics, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is vibrating at different rates of speed. And at some level, as they are recently discovering in quantum physics, we're actually all one gigantic sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and if I, um, so therefore, from that point of view, if you take that perspective that we all participate in a oneness and that that we are all vibrating at different rates of speed, then it's easy to understand how the Reiki energy can um, vibrate at one level. And if you have a similar within you uh, vibration, as we all do, we all contain many octaves of different resonances, right? Um, that this Reiki vibrating at this level or this note of music vibrating at this level will actually create a resonance within you that will allow you to open to a higher level of being. 
So, for example, if you've ever played a musical instrument um, and had a tuning fork, right? Can you image that? Mm -hmm, A mm -hmm. tuning fork, right? If you strike the tuning fork and you place it up against, for example, the wooden body of a guitar or the soundboard of a piano, um, the piano itself will vibrate to the note of the tuning fork. Why? Because they are both in resonance. This is just a scientific principle. Mm -hmm. Uh, The strings in the piano that are tuned to the same note as the tuning fork will then start to vibrate without your having to touch the piano or play a key or anything. Mm -hmm. So this is the same concept, and this is how energy goes across space and time. And truth be told, we all have the ability to send energy across space and time. We're just not always aware of it. And the beauty of Reiki is that you're actually being trained to be able to do it in a conscious way so that you send the highest and best vibrations of energy uh, to connect with people. Well, that's a fantastic explanation. Thank you very much for that. And I'm sure the, the listeners will have um, enjoyed hearing about that. Um, I want to move on to our next question now. Um, we wanted to ask you, throughout your readings um, over the years, I'm sure there have been many, is there one that really kind of stood out for you, um, for whatever reason that might have been, one that really sticks in your mind? I have to say I have really enjoyed uh, working with creative People, Maybe because I'm a creative person myself and I'm a musician and I'm also a writer. Uh, When I work with creative people, I feel that because we have a shared worldview, I'm often able to help awake within them things that were there but are kind of sleeping. I have seen several clients... uh, who are musicians but who were feeling blocked maybe in a certain way, feeling depressed, feeling that they couldn't quite get the energy to um, create music. And I've been able, in this particular one case that I'm thinking of, this one young man was feeling blocked, he was feeling frustrated, he was depressed, he wasn't able to um, do what he knew he wanted to do in the world. And after receiving the Reiki treatment and the insight that I was able to bring him into his current life situation and why he was blocking himself in this particular way, he then did email me that lo and behold, he was able to go out and write uh, a whole new piece based upon um, feeling more open and the energy more open. So those are the kinds of things uh, that I do in my work, and they make me feel very, very joyful. I'm sure they do. Yeah, that's that's a, a lovely story to hear that. This is great stuff. Um, we're having a great chat here with um, Carolyn Wilkins, psychic medium here from the USA. And um, we're looking forward to hearing much more from Carolyn in part two. We're going to take a break now. So we'll see you after this. This is Psychic Social, where the world's best psychics tell you their story. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. 
Psychic Social is brought to you by Psychic.co.uk. Now, Psychic.co.uk is the latest content hub for all things psychic. At Psychic.co.uk, you can learn detailed information about every single tarot card in the deck. There's a page for every single one, 78 pages, and you can directly book psychic readings with some of the UK's best-loved psychics and read great articles written by them too. You can also check out all our other podcasts on the Psychic Social page on the website. So lots of fantastic stuff to get stuck into there at the website. Our amazing tarot course is also coming to Psychic.co.uk very soon too, so keep a lookout for that. If you have any questions or queries about the website or Psychic Social, you can email them to us at support at psychic.co.uk and one of our lovely team will get back to you. Now, back to the show. This is Psychic Social, the spiritual home of psychics. Welcome back to part two of Psychic Social and our chat with Carolyn Wilkins, Psychic Medium. Now, um, before the break, we've been hearing some uh, great stories and great information um, from Carolyn. And um, she mentioned, well, touched upon uh, some information about her guides earlier briefly. Um, Carolyn, tell us a bit more about your guides. Um, Do you have one or many and, and how does it work for you? Well, this is a great question. I have found that at least for me, I have some major guides who have been with me all along from the beginning. And then there are spirits who kind of come in and out based on what I need and where I need to grow and where I need help. So I almost feel my guides to be almost like a committee or a council. So... About uh, 25 years ago, I received an initiation into Yemaya, who is an African goddess. She's the goddess of motherhood and of the sea. And I received a formal initiation, which was an extremely elaborate a ceremony involving wearing white clothes for a year and sleeping on the floor in my priest's house for seven days and elaborate, elaborate things. As a result of that, I feel a deep connection with Yemaya. Now, Yemaya being the divine feminine and the holy mother is worshipped in multiple guises throughout the world, right? For Christians, we may think of her as Mother Mary. Other religions may view her differently. Um, And it, it really doesn't matter. It's that divine feminine. And for me, it's Yamaya. And millions of people feel a connection with her. So I certainly would not want to say, oh, I'm her one and only girl. It's not like that. But I do know that she works through me. She counsels and advises me, particularly regarding my healing work, regarding my work of compassion, which is a very, very important work for me in the world. Uh, And I feel her whisper in my ear. And I also feel, because of this connection, a deep connection to a whole lineage of women particularly uh, women healers, African and African-American healers who have spoken 
through the wisdom of, of Yamaya. Because I am myself an African-American, I also have this connection to my ancestors, both my biological ancestors, my grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great, etc., and also spiritual ancestors who were in their time healers and teachers and preachers. So I have a lot of connection to that, and I do feel them coming in and out as needed when they're needed to speak on particular topics. Okay. How did she come to you? Is it Yama? Yeah. How did she come to you initially? Was it through a meditation or through some sort of regression? Or how, how did she arrive to you? You said you mentioned clairaudiently. She, she speaks to you. Um, how does- yes, yes. Uh, and I've seen visions and I've had dreams um, of oceans and waters and, and then felt moved to do certain things. And I just always felt called to this energy, even before I knew what it was. Her color is blue, and I remember as a kid, I insisted on painting my entire room blue, and I've always felt this deep connection. But then, when I went through this initiation, there was a whole process of you know, there were 10 priests, there was a dancing, there was chanting, there was music, there was ritual work, there was, you know, it was just a whole full-on experience for about a year that really heightened my connection and my feeling of, of uh, that this was an important, in fact, major energy in my life. Right, that sounds that's very, very deep and like like a, a sort of major turning point in terms of your spiritualist journey. Um, yes, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Well, um, we, we want to move on to the next question. Uh, we wanted to know, um, and the listeners wanted to know, what your thoughts are about the afterlife um, with all this sort of bearing in mind. Uh, what, and what happens when we leave Earth? Oh, great question. And, and as you say, um, right now, I do feel, as we had discussed earlier, that death is very much in our face these days. We're everywhere on the news, the, the whole, it's, it's out there. So I think it is very important that we are able to have a clearer perspective on death and that perhaps this might relieve some of the terror that I think uh, many people are feeling right now. Because if you have sort of a more materialist perspective on life, then you say, well, okay, I am my body, I'm my physical body, I'm living, I'm breathing. Once I'm dead, boom, that's it, I'm gone, and that's it, never to return. But my particular perspective, as is the perspective of many people who are uh, of a more spiritual orientation, is that the death of the physical body uh, is merely a shrugging off, if you will, of a set of clothes that we put on our spirit, which is an intrinsic, eternal part of us that is never born and never dies, our spirit puts on this uh, sheath, if you will, this uh, mortal set of clothes, comes to earth to learn particular lessons, 
in life. We come to the earth plane like the earth being one giant schoolroom in which we're here to learn and to grow and to learn how to love each other, how to be more compassionate, to realize our gifts and talents, etc. And then when we have learned everything that we are meant to learn in this life, when it's our time and never before then, we, quote, die, and we leave behind this earthly shell, and we return to the dimension of spirit from which we came. And I feel that once we're there, we then sit with our guides, with our spiritual support team, and we review our earth life almost like a final exam or something. (laughs) You're looking at your life and seeing, oh, this happened. Oh, that happened. Oh, I did this, but I could have done that, etc. And we just sort of return to the spirit world for a while to rest and to think about things that we might want to improve or change. And then once we're in the spirit world, we have the choice whether we wish to return to the earth to once again work on the lessons that need work or whether we want to go to other dimensions or whether, you know, whatever. It's far more infinite and broad than we have been led to believe. Right. This is something that I personally struggle with, you know, and have done throughout my life is, is I'm sure a lot of people do as well, is it, it's, it's trying to get your head around eternity because obviously we as human beings have been, you know, we've been, we've been fed and given time um, as, as a way of having order and, and getting from A to B and, you know, having a beginning and an end. And because that's so deeply ingrained in human life, it's, you know, to, to try and think about eternity, for me personally, I find it, I would find it, I always find it impossible, but... Um, what would you say to people that sort of thought in that way? Yes, these are vast, vast, vast concepts. And the truth is they go beyond the ability of our mind to focus Mm. on. And that's okay. Because I also think much as it's true that we're infinite and so forth and so on, the reality is we're here now on the earth now in this moment. And this now is, is, in fact, its own kind of uh, special place. That's the only place from which we can affect change in any dimension, either past, present, or future, is only to be present in the now. So these other concepts are lovely, and they're kind of philosophical, and they're good to know, but uh, the important place to be is in the now, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Most definitely. Uh, it does for me personally because you know, I've practiced sort of meditation for the last 10, 12 years and, and you know, I know how important it is personally to, to remain in the now. Um, but yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people are, are kind of sort of try, sort of experiencing that at the moment and, and hopefully sort of having a chance to stop and think in this current time to sort of think about the now and, and, and the moment and try and to That's enjoy right. it and not looking behind you and not looking forwards because looking behind sometimes will lead to depression and looking forwards will look, lead to anxiety, you know, and, and we, Correct. we don't want those yes. things, do we? Now is the time. Yeah. And just to focus on that and then if you can add into that, to be grateful mm. for those things in your now that are 
pleasurable and fun. And even if it's only the smallest tiny thing, mm-hmm. I got up this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. That in itself is something a lot of people didn't get up, right? Even the smallest tiny thing to bring you joy Mm -hmm. in your now. That, if you could only just focus on that, I feel you're going to get through this whole COVID disaster in far better shape. Exactly, 100%. And, um, you know, in the previous show we've, we've recorded, we, we covered, you know, gratitude, journaling, and, and in a show, I think, before that. Um, and, yeah, something that I do as well, personally, I've told the listeners as well that, you know, I do, I do a gratitude journal every day. Uh, vitally important. Mm. I've, I've been doing that for about two years now, and it really does help. You know, with, with in general, yes. you know, f- to you to for you to feel grateful and 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 keeps you happier in a happier mood in general. Uh, yes, I think. But um, yeah, all very interesting stuff. Thank you very much for that, um, Carolyn. Now um, we wanted to move on to the next question. We wanted um, you to tell everyone about the books you've written because you've written a few books, haven't you? I think you've mentioned to us before we came on air that it was five or six books you, you've written. Um, can you tell us about uh, tell the listeners about these books and and the connection between writing them and, and your channeling? Great, great question, yes. Um, I've written six books. One of the books, the very first book that I wrote was um, a book for singers because, as I mentioned, I'm also a musician. And in my day job as a college professor of music, I wrote a book to help students with um, working with singing. So that's my first book. It's called Tips for Singers. Uh, Then... The next two books that I wrote, I really felt drawn. I had mentioned to you earlier in our conversation about my connection to my ancestors. I felt very, very drawn to explore my family history and to talk about my current life and the way in which the struggles of my uh, African-American ancestors had sort of affected my own life, my own current views. So I wrote two books uh, that are a combination of African-American history and memoir uh, about my family. The first book uh, is called Damn Near White, African-American Family's Bittersweet Journey, Journey, sorry, from Slavery to bittersweet success, something like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I fudged the title, but it's called mm-hmm. Damn Near White. All these books are on Amazon. But that book was about my grandfather, who was, in fact, the very first African-American ever to be appointed by President Eisenhower in 1954 to be an assistant secretary of labor. And he had a very, very difficult position within the U.S. government, and as an African-American first, uh, he struggled a great deal, um, but I, he also was uh, on the very first uh, United States Civil Rights Commission mm-hmm. uh, during the Civil Rights era, um, so he had a very interesting life. So I talk about that, but I also talk about myself and my family currently. And then the second book in that memoir series is called They Raised Me Up, and it's about the women uh, on my mother's side of the family, all of whom were singers. 
and myself as a singer and pianist and their struggle coming up from the South and from very difficult conditions and rising sort of to moving to Harlem uh, in the 1940s and what it was like to do all of that. And then mixed in with my own experience as a single mother who uh, my great-grandmother was also a single mother and that whole thing. So those are my memoir books. And then additionally, I have three murder mysteries. These are a lot more just for fun. Um, They're, uh, like I said, they're murder mysteries. They're not gory, uh, but they are fun. They're just like kind of fun puzzles, who did it type thing. They're a little bit like Murder, She Wrote, um, Mm -hmm. set uh, two of them uh, are Melody for Murder and Mojo for Murder, both of which feature uh, surprise, surprise, an African-American uh, music teacher who <laughs> ends up having to bail her students out of various jams. That's not you, and, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you gave yeah. it away. <laughs> and then my last and most recent book is called Death at a Seance, and this one Uh, is set in the 1920s in southern Indiana, which is in the Midwest of the United States. And it's during a very lively time in American history. Alcohol was prohibited, so the period is called prohibition. You weren't supposed to drink, but of course people did. And meanwhile, you have gangsters who are shooting each other over the right to sell liquor illegal liquor to people. Um, This was also a big period in spiritualism. And so my main character in this book is an African-American teenager who is psychic. And she uh, inadvertently foresees a murder, which in fact comes to pass. And when it comes to pass, she herself is accused of the crime. Uh, by people who don't understand psychics very well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so those are my books, and they're all available uh, on Amazon.com if any of those call you. Great. It sounds like you're multi, multi-talented uh, and, and very, very creative. Uh, what we'll do is we'll link to all the books in the show notes uh, when, we've, when we've recorded the show and we'll put them on the website. Um, really interesting stuff to hear about your, all your books, Carolyn. Um, that's going to lead on nicely to my next question, which is going to be, um, excluding your books, what was the last book you read or, or kind of box set or TV show you watched? Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Um, so I love uh, English murder mysteries. Oh, okay. <laughs> surprise, Go on, surprise. which ones? And I just recently subscribed to Acorn TV. Um, right. I don't know if you have that over there, but it's all uh, British mysteries. And so I've been watching, oh my gosh, they have something called Agatha Christie and there are different yep. Agatha Christie stories that have been dramatized. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been enjoying those. And, of course, with the quarantine, I've been in a lot more, and I will say, binging a say, little yeah, binging, on, yeah. on those, <laughs> right? Okay. Shakespeare and Hathaway. There's a few different ones I like. I don't like the really bloody ones mm-hmm. they, they're the, if they're too graphic. Uh, even if they're well done, I, I can't handle them. So I tend toward the cozy, 
the cozy ones. And I believe there's one called Queens of Mystery or something like that, mm-hmm. that these women who are also mystery writers who solve crimes. And I, I've been enjoying that one a lot as well. Okay, that sounds good. That's good for the listeners to hear what you're, what you're into at the moment on television and that you're you're into some, some UK um, uh, murder mystery dramas and things like that. Um, right, so we'll, we're about to wrap up the show now. Um, before we go, can you tell everyone where they can find you? So in terms of your website uh, and your social media and, and anything else you might be currently selling, obviously your books, we know about them. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Okay. And uh, I will say again, thank you so much for having me on the program. Really enjoyed talking with you. So people who are interested in finding about me, uh, the best way is to go to my website, which is www.carolynwilkins, my name, all spelled together, dot com. And if you go there, you will find all my books You'll find uh, some free music from my uh, piano music and links to some of the CDs that I've made and also information about me as a psychic and as a medium. And if any of that draws you, uh, Reiki, all of those things are there. And you can also sign up and make an appointment uh, to book an appointment with me as well. You're also welcome to look for me on Facebook under my name, Carolyn Wilkins. People can also find me, and that's just my name, because I put a lot of stuff up there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that sounds great. Um, well, thank you so much uh, again, Carolyn, for coming on today and, and sharing everything with us on Psychic Social for all our listeners. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Uh, and like we said at the beginning, wonderful to have our first guest from overseas uh, from the United States of America. So thank you again for joining us. Oh, well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Well, take care of yourself now, Carolyn, and um, stay safe during these times. And um, hopefully we can chat again soon, maybe record a part two with you and take a deeper dive into maybe some Reiki or something like that. That would be fabulous. I'd love it. Perfect. Thank you. Well, take care then, Carolyn, and we'll speak with you soon. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Psychic Social from psychic.co.uk, the spiritual home of psychics.